Amen. A visionary. Amen. Um, man, I'm telling you, it's so good to be able to serve with him on the district board as well, you know, to see his visions and his wisdom that God gives him. Amen. He's a great minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm excited that they're with us, took time out of their busy schedule to come and hang out with us. Amen. Here, amen, to share what God has sent our way. You know, the Bible says, The Lord, hear thee in the day of trouble, in the name of the God of Jacob, defend thee, send them thee help from the sanctuary, and strengthen thee out of Zion. Amen. So he's giving our bishop a word for us today to give us strength. So let's stand this morning, amen, as our bishop come, amen, and amen, minister the word. So God bless. God bless Brother Parker, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's good to be here in La Crosse today at Calvary Apostolic Church at my age. It's good to be any place here this morning, but uh, amen. We're uh, we're glad to uh, I don't know about you. Are you excited about living for Jesus? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, I kind of figured that the way I heard you sing today. And and um, and I thank God for the good lesson that we heard about walking uh, the talk and how important that is. And uh, I, I have to say that I am just thoroughly thrilled that uh, we have spent all week here in the cross. Amen, and uh, that doesn't happen very often. I told, uh, you know, Benjamin Franklin said one time, there's nothing that stinks more after three days than fish and guests. And so I was hoping, I was hoping by yesterday that we were not kind of fishy smelling, but uh, uh, they didn't complain anyway, so... Uh, but we have enjoyed their wonderful hospitality. Uh, you do have a very, very good pastor and his wife, very organized, and uh, and they have the gospel at heart. I've known the Parkers since over 30-some years ago in Germany, and I believe they were just brand-new newcomers at that time. And... and uh, and I wasn't married much further ahead than they were, though I was pastoring a church there. And uh, God uh, blessed and crossed our paths And when they were missionaries in Okinawa. And we would have them when they were on deputation in Monroe. And uh, when I heard that he was going to be retiring from Okinawa, and I knew that they had a house here in La Crosse, and I knew that Brother Bell was pretty much almost disabled. I'm thinking, God, you know God. And I talked to Brother Parker a little bit about this. He said, no, I don't think that's And I went, God. But uh, I'm really, really glad how it all turned out. And, uh, and we had a great pleasure. Brother Parker took me over to see Brother Bell. Amen. This week and or last week, and uh, I, I didn't know if he'd recognize me or not. But uh, and uh, this just might be me. But he looked at me and, went, and then he had this big smile on his face. And so, just pray for him. 
About three years ago, the Lord impressed upon me that I needed to start praying for the elders of our district. And I'm talking about that are in the ministry. You know, I'd probably spend all day if I was praying for everybody, you know. But And uh, the list certainly has grown, and it's getting, it's growing every year. But uh, one of these days, I'm going to be on that list. But, uh, uh, and this is for people that are at least 70 years or older. And so I've been praying for Brother Bell every day for the last three years, and uh, and Sister Karen, and I really do pray. Matter of fact, we preached a homegoing service for another one that was on that list, Brother Dale Aaron, and um, great man of God. And um, I don't know, middle of last week and thinking about coming here to lacrosse this thought just came by my mind and and uh, i'm not coming with anything new today for sure but there's some things we got to have settled there's some things that have got to be really settled in our heart because folks and i'm not trying to be morbid here but if you look around the last statistic I heard, 10 out of 10 people die. There's not any of us that are immune. And then the other thing I understand is you don't have to be old to die. You don't have to be sick to die. You just have to be ready. To be ready. And there's only one way that I know to be ready. And that's what I want to preach to you today. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Romans chapter 1. And then to the first letter to the Corinthian church, Corinthians 1 and chapter 15. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 And you can read it on the screen. Paul states, matter of fact, why don't you read it with me? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in chapter 15 and verse 1. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day, according 
to the Scriptures. This morning, I want to take these first four hours... We'll see how dedicated you are before this is over with. No, I, I want to speak to you today about the gospel. The gospel. I hope that you never get tired of hearing the gospel. I hope it's never something, oh, we've heard that before. We know that. Well, Paul even said, you're also saved by it if you keep in memory. And this is going to help us today to keep in memory of why we have this gospel. Amen. Would you lift up your voices right now? Brother Parker, would you pray? Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you, God. Rindo mosaiara de mokoria shara ta sara la bakata ki. Are lebo solo la mande shoro no basata bakaya. We love you, we thank you, we praise your great name. Thank you, Lord. To you be the glory, God. Have your way here today, God. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Say it like you mean it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor. Shake their hand. Look them in the eye. Smile real big and just say, he's going to preach about the gospel. The gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Last year in August, around the 3rd or 4th of August, something very, very special happened at Pentecostals of Sheboygan County. My son pastors there. When Sister Putnam and I are, are not traveling, that's where we attend church. My son, we're very, we're almost at a different church every Sunday. And matter of fact, my son says that his mother and I are the least faithful saints that he has. But uh, four years ago, the church had a praise in the park, somewhat like church on the grounds, like you had last week, and and they were in a park and they were singing. And there was a man that uh, by that park that lived, an elderly man, he's 78. His name's Carl Rolf, and uh, he was on his way, doesn't have a family, and didn't have transportation, and, and he was on his way to, to get his evening meal when he heard this music. And, and so he... He uh, sat down on a bench and listened. Um, had an Air Force hat on. Um, he uh, had a tank top on, shorts. And he listened, and one of the brethren in the church went over by him and 
start just talking with him and and uh he said he really enjoyed what he was hearing and and so brother Wayne asked him and said uh well would you like to hear more of this and he said yeah and he, they offered to give him a ride to church so i it was a Sunday morning, and sure enough, from the church van, here came Carl Rowe for his first time, 78 years old, still with his hat, still with his tank top, and still with his shorts. And he came in. Carl was an interesting guy. He had confessed that he had been smoking for 60 years. He had a little habit about gambling. He had been to Las Vegas about 40 times. And he was not unknown to drink and imbibe and alcoholic beverages. I don't think he was an alcoholic. He just liked to drink. And um, it was really interesting. He loved my wife. And he, uh, after one, this one particular service, Carl went up front, went up everybody else, tears streaming down his face. And his hands, very thin man, raised, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. They say over 70 years of age, that's almost a miracle in itself for a person to change their faith. But for Carl... He was then baptized in Jesus' name, and time would go on, and he'd go to my wife, and he'd say, Sister Bishop's wife, it's been 60 days, 60 days that he hadn't smoked a cigarette, which turned into 120, which turned into 240, which turned into 360 which then kept on and on. But he would always remind, he always had the number. Now, I'm not trying to bore you here, but Carl, for four years, and last August, he woke up on a Tuesday morning, and his, uh, I guess he went into the kitchen, but... Uh, he had a severe pain in his abdomen, and it was so severe that he fainted. Meal on Wheels actually found him on the floor, unconscious. And they called 911. They got him into an ambulance. They took him to the local hospital, to the emergency room. They started immediately running tests. He did awake, and... Uh, after they saw what was wrong, the doctors came in and said, Mr. Rolf, there is absolutely nothing we can do for you. You have between two hours and two days to live. And Carl's response was, Praise the Lord! That is no exaggeration. Astounded the doctors. 
sounded the, the RNs. He said, God has answered my prayer. He immediately became a hospice situation, and uh, they were going to take him to the hospice because there's nothing they could do for him. He was going to die. And so they get him back into the ambulance. Of course, he's on a gurney now. He gets back into the ambulance, and uh, the EMT people say, Mr. Rolf, uh, is there anything that you would like to see? I mean, he's very alert. Uh, he's very conscious. Uh, is there anything that you would like to see for the last time, uh, like Lake Michigan or, or uh, your favorite park or whatever? And, and Carl said, yes, I want to go to where my family is. I want to go to church. By this time, we're all getting cell phone calls, uh, and uh, about 15 of us were at the church. And, and sure enough, uh, here come the ambulance in front of the church, and, and they took Carl out on the gurney. They brought him in the door, brought him up the steps. And I'll never forget it all, all my life, the remaining days, when he turned the corner, just like at your own, area of entrance. There's double doors there at POSC. And when he turned the corner, he lifted up his head. We're all at the altar. And he said, Did you all hear the good news? And I realized at that moment, not only did Carl hear the good news, but he had experienced the good news in a mighty way. The word gospel means exactly that. Good news. Matter of fact, it is the best news that any one of us could ever receive. And that any one of, one, any one of us could ever share. The Apostle Paul stated firmly, that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I ask you this morning here at Calvary Apostolic Church, if you are not ashamed of the good news of Christ, would you stand to your feet one more today and lift up your hands and thank God, amen, for the gospel, amen, that has been delivered to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. God, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for your grace and your mercies to us, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, clap your hands to it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Paul goes on to state that the gospel is the power of God under salvation. If you and I are going to make heaven our eternal home, then we're going to have to submit to the gospel and obey the gospel. There's a lot different, a lot of different teachings out beyond these walls that claim that the gospel is one thing or another. But it is far too important, church, 
and with too much at risk to miss out. So it behooves every one of us to know what the Scriptures state about the Gospel. Without any doubt, the Apostle Paul wrote, uh, we read it in our text, he said, Moreover, brother, in 1 Corinthians 15, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand. Anybody glad you received it? Are you still standing on it, standing on that solid rock by which also ye are saved? If ye keep the memory of what I preached unto you, you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which also I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Paul makes it very clear, church, that the gospel that he preached was to be obeyed. He states that it will save you and that we need to remember what it is unless, Paul states, you have believed in faith. Many people today think that all they need to do to be saved is just simply believe. Some think that they just need to believe in God. And others think that they need to believe that Jesus died for our sins, and that's true. But others will tell you that you just need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And still others believe that you seal the deal of one's salvation by coming forth and shaking the preacher's or the pastor's hand. My friend, you can shake my hand all day long if you want to, but this hand will not save you. But the Apostle Paul based his trust and his faith in the gospel by and through the proof of the Scriptures. Listen, brothers and sisters, there is no other foundation that is sure and unchanging as the Scripture. Mm -mm, I've already heard it quoted today. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. I'm telling you, this is more than just a dust, a, a, a nice object on your coffee table. No, it is to be read from cover to cover. It is to be ingested into your being. It is to buy, hallelujah, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and what we put in will come out. The, in the computer world, they say garbage in, garbage out. I'm telling you, you can put the word of life in your spirit, and the word of life will come out of you. We were in California, Brother Parker, amen, and one Saturday morning I was awakened, pounding on our door, amen, and I mean, I wasn't properly dressed to open the door, and, and, and there's a man saying, your car's on fire, your car's on fire, amen, and of course, in California, the garage was used as a storage place not to put your car in, because everything was so small out there, and, and so, amen, I went to our, the 
curtains and I looked out and sure enough uh, there was flames shooting right out of the window uh, of the, the, the windshield uh, into the tree uh, amen and, uh, and so uh, by the time I got dressed uh, you know I showered and shaved and made sure that <laughs> no but thankfully that person got our garden hose and he got it inside, but it was a complete loss. You know, those nice, nice chairs we sit on in our cars, all was left was the wires. There was no dashboard in it. It had all melted. No steering wheel. But on the middle of the wires sat my Bible. It was not burnt. It was not burnt. It was a little singed around the leather part, but the pages were not burnt. You know why? I, I'm sure it could have been, but I'm telling you folks, uh, this book is more powerful than any fire that any man could lick to light. Uh, amen. I'm telling you, this is the Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, uh, but my Word shall not pass away. Uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, For other foundation can no man lay and that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Right from the beginning, church, God has had a plan. John 1 tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. <laughs> Amen. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The word, word, in Greek is logos, meaning the plan, meaning an utterance. The logos is God's plan. Verse 14, you know it well, that same chapter says, And the Word, the Logos, the plan was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the, all, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the plan made flesh. Born into the city of Bethlehem according to the Word of God. Bethlehem meaning the house of bread. And this is where the bread of life would come into the world. Born of a virgin according to the Word of God. Luke 1 and 35 says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, speaking of Mary, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. You see, church, the flesh of Jesus Christ is called the Son of God. But the Spirit that inhabited that flesh was Elohim, God Almighty. That is why Isaiah, the prophet, stated, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The responsibility shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting. 
everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I guess you can't tell, but I'm excited about the gospel. The angel, de- the angel Gabriel declared that his name shall be called Jesus. He is to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. There was no substitute sent from heaven, my friend. A thousand times no. God, who is spirit, robed himself in flesh, came through the back door of a manger in Bethlehem, and the angels proclaimed to the shepherds nearby, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The Logos, the plan was born. And he grew, and he fulfilled what the word of the law required. He was washed by John the Baptist when he was 30 years of old, once again fulfilling the word and becoming the high priest. And he began a three-and-one-half-year ministry that astounded the multitudes. He was proving that he was who he was, God manifested in the flesh. They said, no man can do these things except God. That should have turned somebody's eyes open. But through those 33 and a half years, Jesus brought forth the most compelling event by becoming the Lamb of God. Slain from the foundation of the earth. See, that was the plan, my friend. If you look at what detail of the law that Jesus fulfilled in those few days of his passion. Scholars have identified more than 80 specific Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled during the two days we now celebrate as the passion of Christ. If you look into the Old Testament law, on the Day of Atonement, where the blood of the sacrificial lamb was applied on the altar for the sins of Israel, that lamb was diligently searched for any blemishes or disease before he was offered. It's no wonder, my friend, it was not coincidence uh, that Pilate, after questioning Jesus, uh, stated to all of Israel, uh, I find no fault in this man. And he repeated it three times, uh, of which again the Scriptures state uh, that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, uh, let everything be established. Oh, church, Paul stated that the gospel was how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Isaiah the prophet had written many years before in Isaiah 53 and 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. 
In the Old Testament law, the first step was the slaying of the sacrifice at the brazen altar. Jesus fulfilled this by being nailed to an old rugged cross. And ever since that cross, you and I identify, amen, with the Lord's crucifixion by and through repenting of our sins. Turning around, making the about face, we die out to ourselves by confessing and turning from our life of sin and wrong. Paul then states that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. After the Lamb was slain, the priests had to wash themselves at the labor of water. If they did not wash and they would try to enter into the holy place, they would drop over dead. That's what Exodus 30 says, For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet thereat, and when they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water, that they die not, or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord. Jesus fulfilled this when they anointed his body for burial. And they laid him in a borrowed tomb. Brother Parker, we were there together. And I don't know if that was the tomb or not. But boy, it sure could convince me. And to think, amen, we would walk into that tomb ourselves. Amen. But I'm telling you, folks, there was no mummy in there. There was no, there was no body in there. Amen. Why? Because he is alive and well, my friend. Know you not that so many of us, amen, were baptized into Jesus Christ. Amen. Was baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism unto death and like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in newness of life for we have been planted together in the likeness of his death so shall we also be in the likeness of his resurrection I don't know about you but ever since I received the Holy Ghost it's been a brand new day for me can somebody shout out glory? glory? Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the third step in the law was when the priest entered into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the Lamb. Jesus fulfilled this by raising himself from the dead. And now being alive forevermore. That's why 50 days after the death of the Passover Lamb, 
was when Moses received the law. And 50 days after the crucifixion of the Lamb of God on the cross, Jesus Christ, the disciples were filled with the new covenant, with the gospel, the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, everybody say filled, with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. My friend, I thank God my wife and I received the Holy Ghost 46 years ago. But I'll tell you one thing, amen. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not resting on a 46-year-old experience. Yes, I remember it, and I remember it well. But the reason I remember it is because by God's grace every day, every day I want to get the newness of His power and of His glory flowing through me. I want to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. What is the biblical gospel of Jesus Christ? Scripturally, it is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Is it any wonder that when Peter was asked on the day of Pentecost, men and brethren, what shall we do? That Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. God does not renege on his promises, my friend. For the promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words that he testifies, saying, Save yourselves from this untorrid generation. The greatest thrill that Sister Putnam and I have, and Brother Parker, I love you greatly, and I love your wife greatly, and I thank God for all of the saints of God in this church, and I don't know all of you that well, but I love you by faith. But I'll tell you, nothing pleases me more to know that Amy, our 42-year-old daughter, and John David, our 39-year-old son, and Sharon, our 36-year-old daughter and their spouses are all filled and thrilled with the Holy Ghost. And now John Avery and Ethan and Joey and Seth and Michael and Caitlin are all filled with the Holy Ghost. They've all been baptized in Jesus' name. They're all living for God. Oh, I'm not bragging about that. I'm telling you, I am thankful. And I am thankful that this is for every generation. Amen. This gospel works. And if I can just tag on with his teaching, and I'll tell you why it works, and this is why it's worth it, my friend. 
for our kids to see the consistency of your lives from day to day, from year to year. As you walk with God, they know nothing else. And if they indeed have seen that example, and certainly you're not looking at a perfect man, I know that. But I have never, ever wanted to stop living for God. Why? Because I really believe this. I remember going to the Milwaukee General Conference and walking into the Bradley Center. There were some people demonstrating outside that said this is a cult. I walked by one and I said, you're way too late. Because I know. Nobody can talk this out of you. Nobody can take it from you. Why? Because you have received the gospel. Stand with me. Carl, he's now down in front of the church. We're all around him. He looked up to my son, who was his pastor, and he said, Pastor, I'm not afraid because I know right here God took away my sins. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid, Pastor. He said, the only thing I'm going to miss is being at this altar. And John David said, Carl, where you're going, you are going to be at a much better altar, I guarantee you. We all sang songs. Great is our God. Amazing grace. Not one time did Carl say, Hey, pray for me that God would heal me. He didn't want healing. He wanted to go see his Savior. I'm telling you, I've been serving God for a long time. This has happened last year, so for 45 years. But in this last year, I have a completely new perspective. Amen. I looked at Brother Aaron's body last night, yesterday, and I said, yes. Yes, all I ask, and what all of us should be asking, is God help us finish well. Help us finish well. But it started and it will end with your obedience to the gospel, the good news. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Hallelujah. We sang a few more songs. The EMT people that were over in the side, they were bawling their eyes out. They've never seen anything like this before. And that's because our God will astound anybody 
that is willing to be astounded. And even in a church that has 18 people here today, it doesn't take, it doesn't take but two. It doesn't even take but one to truly say, God, I just want to be refreshed today. Now, if you don't have the gospel applied to your life, today's a great day for you, my friend. Because you can't leave this world without it and expect a good result. But I'm telling you, if you're thankful for this gospel, if you're thankful for what God has done for you, then why don't you get out of that pew and come down as if it was your first time to an old-fashioned altar and to lift up your hands and to thank God. Thank God that you've been a recipient, amen, of the gospel. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Hallelujah. That's what Carl did. Hallelujah. He praised God. And then that day, hallelujah, that day he went to see Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the gospel, Jesus. I thank you for your mercies, God. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for being with us, God, these years, God. I thank you, God. Oh, Lord God, I'm a shari, I'm a